Glad to see you all this morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope you're enjoying this, um, this fall season that we have happening around us. And hopefully you're hearing me okay. You guys hear me all right? Okay. All right. The reason I'm standing behind this pulpit is because, believe it or not, I'm not speaking today. Uh, there are a couple of people in this room that have taken upon themselves uh, uh, really the burden that God has called them into that ends up being an adventure, and that is to share the gospel with people who live uh, on the continent of Africa in the country of Zambia, to be specific. And if you've been here uh, for the last five years, maybe you've seen this young man that I'm getting ready to introduce to you, uh, who started off as a aviation mechanic and pilot studying at Kent State University, and then in the process um, clarified his call to do aviation ministry in the country of Zambia. As uh, that story unfolded in his life, Jonathan Weaver, uh, who has become uh, a, what I believe a good friend for uh, our congregation to uh, partner with in the gospel, and periodically he makes stops back here to give us updates on how God is scripting that adventure for him. Since I've seen him last, he's added to his um, he's added to his relational complexity. His beautiful bride, uh, Sonia from New Zealand, and they happened to meet uh, on the mission field. Sonia was in Botswana, which is just south of Zambia, I believe. Uh, and as um, Flights were, were made and conversations were had. Uh, something occurred that resulted in, in, in your wedding nuptials. And as uh, that began to take on its own life, uh, they are doing missionary work together. And we're so excited for you guys. Uh, it's a privilege to have you with us, to be able to see firsthand uh, uh, the story unfold as uh, you personify it with us. And um, I, I think you're really in for a treat. Uh, Jonathan, how old are you? I'm just curious. 34. Okay, so relatively young yet. Uh, but uh, full of, I think, uh, a wonderful zeal for all things God. And um, what a wonderful partner you have with Sonia, who I know has that exact same uh, feeling about the kingdom. So with that said... Uh, they are, um, they are they're with Flying Mission uh, that's in Zambia, which is uh, on the southern part of the continent of Africa, and uh, a lot of cool things happening. So I'm just going to invite you guys up, and why don't you share with us uh, what the Lord's been doing with you guys. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, having us. It's uh, always a privilege to be here and to share, yeah, sort of what... Um, what the Lord's been doing. So, um, yeah, as Pastor Leonard said, uh, the last time I was here was two, it was two and a half years ago. Uh, and it was, um, yeah, privileged to be here. And we are really thankful for the partnership that we've had uh, with you guys. So uh, we're just going to share just a little bit about what, yeah, what's been going on. It's been quite a lot uh, since the last time we were here. And then um, share, yeah, a little bit of what's on my heart as well. So, um, okay, so what have we been up to? Well, um, we got married. How about that? Um, yeah, so thank you. It's been, uh, been good. And uh, as, um, 
yeah, as we got to know each other better and decided that we felt like God was bringing us together, we had to, um, you know, figure out where to get married because New Zealand and Ohio aren't actually that close together. Um, so I don't know if anybody can picture what's in the middle between the two. Um, Hawaii. Oh, there we go. Okay, so we had a very difficult uh, decision to make to get married in Hawaii and to try to convince all of our family members then to meet, you know, in, in Hawaii and, and have a vacation. Um, but it was, it was actually a wonderful blessing because both um, families, both sides of the family, a lot of people were able to make it and get to know each other a little bit, spend some extra time, uh, and that was a, a blessing. So it was uh, April of 2016 we got married, so it's been about a year and a half now. And then we briefly went back to Zambia for about four months, um, tied up the responsibilities I had with the job that I was um, doing there. And then... Um, <clears throat> For long-term missionaries, uh, Flying Mission Zambia has a requirement that we do some Bible and cross-cultural training prior to becoming a long-term missionary. And so I had done that before I had gone, uh, but Sonia had actually always been sort of short-term. She had been for uh, sort of less than a year several times, and so one of the requirements that Flying Mission was uh, had for us then was to do a bit of training for Sonia. Um, and also wanted to give us a little bit of time during our first year of marriage to just sort of not be on the mission field with all the stresses there and and have a bit of time away. So after the four months, we uh, moved on to a college in the UK called All Nations Christian College, which is a um, wonderful place that does sort of missions training. That's what they're there to do, cross-cultural and theological training. And so uh, we really had a great time. So Sonia primarily was the reason that we went there, but I was sort of like, well, I'd love to do some more training too. And so uh, it was really cool to be able to both fit into a niche that we, um, that we were enjoying. So Sonia's going to share just a little bit about um, what she was studying. Okay, good morning. Um, so we were very blessed to spend about seven months at All Nations Christian College. Um, what I was doing was basically biblical and cross-cultural or mission training. So I was doing a certificate program there. Um, it covered a whole lot of stuff that basically prepares you to be um, the best missionary you can be. So we spent about 10 weeks doing New Testament studies, another 10 weeks doing Old Testament studies. So that really added to my knowledge of the Bible, the context of um, what was happening during the times that those books of the Bible were written and um, all the things that we read about in there. Um, We learned a lot about world religions, so that was just really great to learn more about what um, Buddhists, Muslims, other people um, who have other beliefs other than Christianity, um, yeah, so where they're sort of coming from, and that really helped, I think, in future will help me when I come across those those types of people to be able to, um, yeah, just know where they're coming from and be able to converse and discuss things with them. We learned about... Um, different cultures from the world and their worldview, so specifically Africa. So I was able to learn a lot about um, traditional African beliefs and the history and the culture of Africa and where they're coming from in terms of how they look at the world and how they look at the Bible and how that shapes their view and their practice of Christianity as well. So that's something that will really help me relate to the people in Zambia as I work there. So that was so valuable. Um, we learned a lot about ourselves while, while I was at All Nations as well. So we did some courses in personal growth and personal development. So learning about my personality type, uh, the way I learn, the way I work in a team, um, my spiritual gifts, all sorts of things like that. So just having that self-awareness, I think we know that's, that's good to have. So that um, will help me to be a good missionary too. 
um, and help me to relate to other people. We learned practical things as well about how to just exist on the mission field. So transitioning in and out of the mission field and then back to our, our own societies um, and how to deal with um, the things that we encounter on the mission field too. Uh, working in teams that are cross-cultural, how to deal with conflict and resolve conflict, all of those kind of things that, yeah, if you didn't have the training, you might not really know how to deal with when you come across them. Um, yeah, so I just feel that that time there really equipped me to be the best missionary that I possibly can be now when I go back to Zambia. So um, we are certainly grateful for the time that we had there and for the individuals and this church for supporting us as well. It's, um, yeah, it was such a valuable, valuable experience. So thank you. Uh, and then for me, I was able to study something called uh, contextual theology. And um, the, the best explanation I can sort of... Um, tell you about it is an example having to do with Bible translation. And so there was this missionary um, who was in South America and he had gone and was learning about this uh, certain tribe that he was living with and learning their cultural customs and all that kind of stuff. And he, once he learned the language, he began to translate the Bible. Now this particular culture, um, they live in uh, sort of a, a rainforesty kind of area and near water, and so there was floods and stuff, and they would actually build their houses with uh, stilts down deep into the sand, sandy soil, and then they would have, um, on top, they would have the actual house, and then, you know, they'd sleep in hammocks, and they'd have a floor, but then they'd be about 10 feet or something off of the actual ground. And um, so he got to the passage in the Bible that was talking about the uh, wise man building his house upon the stone, and the fool building his house upon the sand. And he had to translate that into their language. And in talking to the people, he, he realized their thinking was only a foolish person would try to build a house on a stone. It makes no sense. You can't get the stilts you know, into it at all, and it's just going to blow over as soon as the storm comes. <laughs> and so you know, he's sort of scratching his head. He's like, what, what do I do? How do I translate this? Um, and in the end, he actually decided he totally flipped the metaphor. And he said that the wise man builds his house upon the sand with the stilts deep down, you know, in a, a good foundation. And a fool would build his house on a rock. Um, because in talking to the people, he realized they had no concept of how houses were built in Bible times or in, um, you know, North America today or anything like that. And so... Um, that sort of contextual theology. He contextualized the truth of Scripture uh, as opposed to just literally translating it. Uh, and eventually, oftentimes, as Christi Christianity takes hold in places, you end up being able to translate it more literally, and that was the hope for the future. Um, but that was sort of what, what decision he had to make. So I, I've been able to study uh, just looking at different cultures in Africa and Asia and then also even North America and looking at how we can bring the truth of the Bible into a culture and make it speak in relevance for the culture. And um, so it's just very fascinating. And I'm going to share a little bit more about that um, towards the end again, some things that I uh, gained from the experience. But um, yeah, so we were really blessed to have been able to, to study for the time um, that we were there. And we had been planning to stay for uh, actually a full year and to do all of that, um, but unfortunately my dad 
who was diagnosed with cancer about a year and a half ago, um, started getting um, more sick, and so we really felt like it was a, a good decision to come back here. So we paused the studies and uh, moved back, and so since um, the springtime, we've been here supporting my family, um, and unfortunately, my dad passed away in June, and so, um, you know, that was a difficult time, but we were really blessed that we were able to be here for several months uh, before he passed away, and now we've been able to be here for several months afterwards to support my mom. Uh, and my sister and just just the whole family and so um, we really do feel blessed to have had that situation. Um, Sonia unfortunately had to defer her final term uh, for study so maybe uh, sometime in the future we'll be able to get back and do another 10 weeks. Uh, I was able to finish what I was doing online though it was a blessing that my program was continued online so um, that's what we're doing but for the last few months then I've been trying to finish up school and we've been um, yeah spending time with my mom and helping around the house and doing all that stuff and it's been a been a real blessing. Um, so more study for me uh, it's some of these pictures are dim I apologize for that, but uh, you can see the stack of books that I had for uh, one one essay. Uh, so it's been quite quite a lot, but it's been amazing. Really enjoyed it. So, okay, what is next for us? So, uh, as we mentioned, Sonia is from New Zealand, which means we've added a stop on our, our world tour. Um, and so we'll be doing our furlough here, which is um, what we're doing now, speaking at churches and, and giving updates. And then we're going to head to New Zealand the day after Thanksgiving and do sort of the same thing there, catch up with her family uh, and have Christmas in New Zealand. And then, um, Lord willing, January 24th, we will head back to Zambia uh, to continue continue the work there. So. Uh, the country of Zambia is roughly the size of Texas. I've shown this slide before just to uh, rehash it. And it uh, but it has a smaller population, so the population is a little bit less dense. Although, as with the rest of the world, um, the big cities are having a lot of people coming in. So urbanization is, is happening quite a bit. Um, and Zambia exists, or Flying Mission Zambia exists to further multiply um, the efforts of other gospel workers. So other missionaries and humanitarian organizations and all that stuff, we provide the transportation services to get them out into the areas that they need to, to go to do their work. So um, some places it would take, I don't know, 24 to 48 hours to drive there over really awful roads. Um, we can get them there in two hours in an airplane. So that's sort of what we ex exist to do um, and so where we fit in, um, I'm a pilot mechanic, uh, and so I'll be going back into uh, that role, and we'll, we'll see how all of this training will fit into that, because it's not necessarily directly, but it, at the same time, in all of our interactions, it's, it's very um, applicable. So we're, we're interested to see how the Lord works. But for the most part, my sort of full-time work will be pilot mechanic. Um, so we fly our own airplanes, we fix our own airplanes, and, and we um, have built up quite a good reputation in the country. So Flying Mission Zambia is known as being safe and efficient and all of that um, sort of countrywide. Even at the Civil Aviation Authority, they know who we are and they, they respect what we do, which is cool. Um, so I'm just going to show a quick video here of a takeoff that I did just so you can sort of see what it's like. And this is our home base. Um, yeah. So one of my colleagues on a motorbike took the, took the video with his GoPro.
bounce off the ground. Okay, and you can see then the end of the runway is actually coming up quite quickly. So I was I was on the ground for most of of the airstrip there, and there's the end. Um, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> and then, whoops, there we go. Um, Sonia. So Sonia is uh, trained actually as a teacher, and that's what she was doing in Botswana. Was working with the same organization in um, training teachers who had been hired but had no training to teach children um, sort of how to teach. And so they would get a certificate in uh, early childhood education. Since we got married and um, she's been in Zambia, she's been able to um, fit into all sorts of different roles. So the missionary life is sort of transient. And what happens is we have people that go on furloughs, just like we're doing now, for um, time periods and their roles need filled in. So Sonia has been able to really bless the mission by doing all sorts of things. Um, So she's done sort of finance stuff. She's done um, hospitality stuff. She's uh, been the assistant to the director and all sorts of things. And so sort of whatever need is is there, she's been able to fill in and they've been blessed by that. And also supporting me. Um, it's been wonderful to, you know, have some somebody by my side and, and to help sort of keep track of things around the house and what's, uh, what's going on there. So we're Excited, um, yeah, about getting back and getting back into our roles. Uh, and then I'll give you a brief update, too, on what's been happening at Flying Missions. So um, this is our airstrip uh, when we first started building. And there's a, uh, it's hard to see, but there's a little bit of a building with just some poles sticking up and a roof on it. And um, we were building a hangar, and now the hangar is... Um, completely finished. It's got walls. It's got big doors, and uh, it's a wonderful, safe place to keep our airplanes to work on our airplanes. And then the final thing that we've been able to do is to purchase our runway. So the last time I was here, I was um, talking about we were raising money to try to uh, buy the second half. So we owned half the runway, and someone else owned the other half. And we've been able to purchase the entire runway now, and then even to extend it another 300 feet. So that particular airplane that you saw, I, I almost used up the entire runway, and so we're limited on how much stuff we can carry because of um, the length of the runway. So now we have another 300 feet, which means we can carry another a couple hundred pounds sometimes in that airplane, which is great, because the more you can get out, um, the better. Uh, so that's been a, a major blessing, and that's actually happened since we've been gone. So we're excited to get back and see sort of the changes um, that have happened. And then also you'll be able to see, so the actual house that we live in is in on the bottom right-hand corner there. Um, so we're right right on the runway. So um, anybody that does a sunrise takeoff, we're awake with them um, as, as they go. And we're, yeah, wishing them, wishing them well. And there's, so there's been actually three houses now built on the, on the base. And they're really wonderful places to live. And we're blessed to be in one of those so close I get to walk to work. Um, yeah, and we're excited to get back to that. So we've had some other missionaries uh, house-sitting for us, and um, we're excited to get back. We have a cat, actually, that's still there, and we get pictures occasionally from those people, so she's still alive. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> um, and then finally, the other thing that's been uh, been happening for Flying Mission is then on this, the other side, next to that hangar, we've been trying to build an office facility. So another thing that we really feel we can do is to help 
missionaries when they come into the city to have a place to stay. We have a guest house and then also a place to hold meetings and stuff. Missionaries are often needing to do some of that stuff and everything in the city is quite expensive. And so uh, this side, which is now looking um, like that, it's got walls and it, people are starting to move in. It's going to have a conference room, an extra office area, so people can come in from the bush and hold meetings and do all that kind of stuff all in one spot. Um, and then if they need to get back out to the bush, we'll fly them back out. Um, so... That's been kind of a blessing, and we're excited to see what it looks like because it looks totally uh, different than what it used to. Um, so the first picture was when I arrived with just a dirt on the ground, and now it's got walls and cement and everything. It's pretty cool. Um, okay, another uh, family that we've talked about previously is the Champandes, and that's um, he's a village pastor, local village pastor, and I was able to stay with them, um, and they've sort of become our African family, uh, and Sonia and I really enjoy spending time with them, and he is... Uh, yeah, a really good friend, and I'm able to ask him any sort of cultural question I want, and he's happy to answer it, you know, and talk about the good, bad, and the ugly, and whatever it is, and he asks me the same questions about what's happening in America, you know, and, and it's really cool to be able to do that and to understand the culture better through, through him. Uh, and then his church is the church that we've been raising money for, and several of you have um, have helped, and we've really appreciated that. And so this was uh, right at the beginning when we started raising money for it, um, and we've done sort of a matching donation thing. So we wanted it to be their church, and so as they've been able to raise money, we've been able to match it, which has been a blessing. Um, and so... Right before we left, that's what it's looking like. So a major change, really awesome. Um, the, f- the final thing that I was able to actually help with right before we left was to get glass in the windows. And so we haven't seen it with glass in the windows yet um, or some of the interior fixing. So we're excited to get back and see uh, what's been going on there, uh, which has been, yeah, really cool to see. Uh, the other thing I'm excited to get back to is the Bible study that I was doing once a week with some of the neighborhood boys. And it's been really cool in the time we've been away I've gotten WhatsApps and Facebooks messages and all sorts of things from these kids. I don't know where they get on Facebook sometimes, but it's on somebody's phone is what it is. Um, But saying they miss me and when are we coming back? When are we going to do the Bible study again? And that's been really a blessing to realize that they miss it and that they want to get back into it. Um, So I'm excited excited to do that. Also, since Sonny and I got married, the, um, the treats that they get, you know, the snacks have, have increased in uh, quality, and they've been excited about that as well. So uh, there's perks all around for everybody. Um, and then James Monza is another uh, young man that um, we've been able to help. He's sort of been an orphan, didn't really have uh, anywhere to go. And so we were able to sort of have been finding him places to live and then also uh, helping him through school. So he's about to start grade 12 now in January. And so uh, we're excited to see that he's going to be able to make it through high school. Um, and then the Champandes, the family I just talked about, were willing to take him on and fully take care of him while we've been gone, which has been really amazing as well, um, to see how even our friendship, you know, was then able to allow them to, to take him and uh, take care of him. So um, I got to take him flying as well. I was, a, we were, I was working on an airplane. I had to do a test flight, and he was around, and so I was just like, hey, come along. Uh, so he really, he enjoyed that. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, as far as sort of prayer and financial needs, we'll update you. Um, we're always looking for qualified people. If you are good at something, um, you know, the mission field needs you. And so if the Lord calls you, um, come talk to us and we'll see if you plug into Flying Mission or somewhere else. You know, we're all on the same team. Um, 
But yeah, so think about it. It's uh, it's an awesome place to serve. Um, and then also we're going around, we're trying to raise a little bit more money, but here we really want to just say thank you because you guys have been faithful, you've supported us, you've been walking with us through all of this stuff and we're, we're really blessed and thankful for the Lord to have, um, yeah, blessed us with a good relationship. And so, yeah. And then uh, Flying Mission has continued to grow and we really covet your prayers for the direction we're going to make sure that we're um, continuing on in the way the Lord would have us to do mission in Zambia. Um, and then finally, Sonia and I are going to be traveling quite a bit, so to New Zealand and then all the way out to um, to Zambia. And so it's going to be quite a uh, lot of flights and all that kind of stuff and, and some tiring long journeys. So we would um, appreciate your prayers on that kind of stuff as well. Um, yeah, so that's... That's a brief update. Um, hopefully it answers your questions. If not, come uh, see us afterwards. And then I'm uh, really interested to tell you a little bit more about what I was studying. So the final paper that I wrote was on uh, Christianity and Western culture. So I was looking at sort of how the church can um, be nowadays in the world that we're in in America. And uh, a guy that I was studying a lot was uh, is called uh, Leslie Newbegin. And he was... Um, actually a long-term missionary in India, but he's British, and he moved back then to uh, Britain towards the end of his life and was struck with how the church needed to change actually in Britain, and so he started writing a lot about that. And um, one of the things he he wrote about, and the book is actually in the back if you're curious about it, and you can um, look it up on Google or Amazon or somewhere, um, pick it up if you're interested, but was the church. He wanted to talk about how the church should interact with culture. And uh, the term that he used was the congregation as the hermeneutic of the gospel. And so hermeneutic is a big word for interpretation. So um, the study in theology is called hermeneutics of how we interpret the Bible. And what he's saying, though, is that each of us as individuals within the church and as the church as a whole should be the interpretation of the gospel for the world. So as the world looks at us, what they should be seeing is you know, the message that Jesus gave and the, and the message of, um, of Jesus. So he put, um, he put down six different things in one chapter of this book that I'm going to just run through with you guys and hopefully it'll be an encouragement. Um, I was just in the Sunday school class that was talking about um, what you guys did a couple weeks ago in going out into the community, and that's, it's funny how I had no idea, but it's exactly what I'm going to talk about. And so, you know, good job. Hopefully this is an encouragement, but also a challenge to say, hey, you know, we're, we're doing a good job, but how else can we minister, and how else can we interpret the gospel for our community? I've started sort of thinking, even when I interact with people, sometimes I'll think, you know, how, okay, how can I interpret the gospel for this person by what I say or what I do or, or how I act? Um, um, and I think it's a good thing to think. Um, anyway, so the first thing that he, he laid out was that uh, we should be a community of praise. And the community that we're currently living in, the world in America, is struggling for unity, right? We're looking for unity, but we don't know what to unify around. Um, violence is growing, the destru- destruction of family life, we're having all sorts of sort of issues. And we don't know what truth is, nobody knows how to define truth. Um, all that stuff's happening. And so it's sort of led to a loss of people believing in the future, believing anything good can come, and it's just sort of a spiral downward. Uh, but Newbegin, and I believe he's right on, said, actually, we need to go back as the church to the beginnings. What the disciples originally were doing and what they were saying is that um, the church can provide public truth which will give society coherence and direction. 
Right? What we actually have in the Bible is a way, a way to live that can give our society coherence because we can unify around something and direction towards what we should be doing and how we should be doing it. And as Christians, it's actually our job then now, and I think especially with postmodernism coming in and relativism coming in, to say, no, actually we have something we can unify around. Um, it's, it's the Creator. And it's... Um, God, and when we understand what he's given us, really we turn it back in praise and thanksgiving. And that's how we respond. And when we respond that way, it can get the attention of people um, who won't quite understand why. And um, yeah, so that's good. And then the second thing is the community of truth, which I've uh, sort of mentioned as well. And so um, what we learned from that is that It's not as our culture defines it, it's actually as the Bible defines it. The Bible tells us the author of truth and tells us about him and we can understand him through that and then we can share that with the world. So um, we presuppose a different view of human nature and our destiny than the world does. And we need to not be ashamed or worried to share that with other people. Um, Actually, it's great to be able to just get it out there and and allow them to uh, work through it. Um, and wonder, scratch their head a little bit. Why do these people believe this? Um, And then, yeah, move forward. But then the key is, what, so if we do that, especially, the the next question is, but what is the church actually for? Um, Our community right here, why why do we exist? And is it um, to have, you know, large numbers, lots of people here, uh, to sing the right songs, and to make sure that, you know, it's a, um, uh, yeah, a place uh, to just encourage Christians. And I think the answer is it's, it is a place to encourage Christians and we should be singing good songs, but that's actually not why we exist. We exist to tell the world, and not just the world, but our neighborhood, each neighborhood, what, uh, what the truth of the gospel is. And so, uh, Newbegin talks about in the New Testament, the, the church is only described using two identifiers. The church of God or Christ and the church of a place, a community. And so, um, I think you guys actually, it's in your name, right? First Christian Church of Salem. So it's there. So you are the church of God for Salem, Ohio. Uh, it's, it's for your neighborhood. And that is why we exist. And I think you guys have gotten that. And I think that's great. But at the same time, we can sort of always do more and we need to remember it's, it's not about moving inward and keeping ourselves strong here. It's actually about moving outward um, and allowing the gospel to transform the community around us as well. Um, the next thing that you talked about is a community where men and women act as priests. And um, not necessarily in the Catholic sense, if you will, but in the sense that Second um, Peter tells us, where we are a royal priesthood. And the job of a priest, uh, according to the Bible, is to stand before God on behalf of people. Uh, you know, the, the Old Testament priests, they went into the Holy of Holies where God was for the people. And then they also, um, they were, would, um, let's see, stand before God... Yeah, on behalf of the people, and stand before the people on behalf of God. Those are our jobs. That's actually still our jobs. And it's Pastor Leonard's job for sure, but it's actually all of our jobs. As Christians, as disciples, we are the priesthood for the world. So we take God out into the world, and then we bring you know, prayers and, and hopes for the people of the world to God. Um, and we're, we're that community. Um, 
Next, we should be a community of mutual responsibility. And I think that's something that our world is quickly losing. Um, people's idea of what they should be responsible for or responsible to. Uh, and what we can show as a church is if we are responsible um, in relationships with each other of faithfulness, you know, taking responsibility, encouraging each other, the world's going to see it. And that is a totally different social order than what's currently happening um, outside. And they're going to wonder. And, and what social order that actually is, is the social order of the kingdom of God, the kingdom that's coming. Um, and we're giving glimpses, we should be giving glimpses of what this final kingdom's going to be. And allowing the world to see it and to want that social order, that unity to uh, transform their lives as well. Uh, finally, hope. We should be a community of hope, right? We actually have hope. Even when everything is going wrong in the world, we have hope inside. Um, and we have hope to work through difficult situations, to help people through difficult situations, and to look forward to what, uh, what's coming. Um, and not just what's coming in eternity necessarily, but what's coming in each of our lives. The, the more we live by the gospel, uh, the more peace that we can have here and now um, and as a community. And so... Um, yeah, I think it's really just um, hopefully an encouragement, but also a challenge to say these are six things that, that um, this British guy thought would be good for Britain, and all of a sudden, hey, look, it's good for everywhere, um, especially in Western culture, though, where we are, sort of our culture is disintegrating. We don't have unity. We don't have things to combine us. So um, a final quote from him, actually, I'm going to give you two quotes, but uh, and I'll say it sort of slowly, but he says, no amount a brilliant argument can make the gospel sound reasonable to those living within a different worldview. Or he, he actually used the term plausibility structure. And as Christians, we should be living in a worldview from the Bible. You know, this is what tells us what's real. Um, and we certainly interact with the worldview of our society, but at the same time, it's actually a different worldview. And they, to them, the idea of God even existing is, is a little bit crazy. Um, so he says that no amount of brilliant argument can make them believe that. But the only possible hermeneutic or interpretation of the gospel then is a congregation which believes it and lives it and takes it into the sectors of public life that they live in. And so what he actually says will transform the world is for us to interpret the gospel, to believe it, to live it, and to show that it actually is reasonable through how we live um, but not within the church, outside the church, as we go out. And as we live that way, people will start to wonder. And so, uh, the final quote I'll leave you with is he said that we should live in such a way that the world will ask us questions, and the answer to which is the gospel. So, we'll do something that the world's like, why would you do that? Why would you help these people? Why would you go out of your way on a Sunday morning to take cookies to the police station and the fire station and all those. Why? And the answer is the gospel. The answer is that Jesus and came, he lived, he taught that's what we should do, and then he was a servant and he died to show it, and then he resurrected to show us what kingdom is coming. Um, and so the answer to that question is the gospel. You don't even actually have to go out of your way to share it. They're asking you. They're coming to you saying, why are you doing that? Um, and I think that's just an amazing quote, and again, another way to live, to think, what can I do that'll make people wonder so much that they'll ask me, and I can tell them the gospel then. Um, 
So hopefully that's an encouragement. Uh, and, and again, take a look at that book if you're curious on more things because he had some really profound things to say and a lot more sort of um, even uh, Bible passages and things to back up some of the stuff. I haven't had time exactly to say all those. But um, yeah, take a look because this is the world we're living in. And it's different. What was around 20, 30, 40 years ago, we're going to be doing and sharing the same gospel but in a different way. Um, in the future. And so, yeah, cool. Let me pray for us real quick. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us, for allowing us to be, uh, yeah, the salt and the light here in Ohio, in Salem, Lord. Uh, help us to live in such a way that people will be asking us what the gospel is. They'll be, at, they'll be begging to hear why we have unity uh, why we're helping people, why we're doing the things we're doing, and we'll be able to share, uh, share the gospel. Uh, we thank you so much for the efforts that, that this church has done in that way, and we pray that you just uh, continue to bless them uh, and allow your sovereign will to work uh, to bring people to know you. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Mm. Well, thank you. Mm. Want Sonia to come up for a minute? I'm going to have uh, yeah. Sonia come up here if you don't mind. Uh, everybody hear me okay? Can you guys hear me in the back? Okay. Um, uh, there's a couple things in the air here. One is uh, we have missionaries who have come here to preach the gospel to us. Mm. And you did a very fine job telling us, I think, a lot of things that we, we need to keep hearing. Yeah, cool. uh, there was a time uh, when going to church meant I'm saved from hell. And hopefully I'm going to go to heaven when I die. And maybe a few things about being a good person. But that's changed. And mm. really coming to church is a lot more than that. Uh, obviously Jesus saved us. Mm. But he also saved us not just from something, but for something. Exactly. And what you're saying is it's a vision for life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We hope one of these days people will wake up out of their distraction. And they'll see their loneliness, their anxiety. They'll see their fear. And they'll say, where's a place that I can go that can help me with that? Mm-hmm. And we hope to be those people mm-hmm. that we can offer that vision that says uh, there is another way, and it's God's way. And what they're saying in Zambia is the same thing we're saying here. Uh, and all, as always, we want to invite you into that experience, uh, however it is that God's leading you today. Uh, maybe this is a first step to say, yeah, I, I need to... I need to move in that direction. What what, what Jonathan said, um, I, I need to I need to find that in my own life. If that's the case, so we, we want to help you out with that. Um, and, and and perhaps you're thinking, I you know, Bambi, that's so far away. Uh, but the reality is. Um, our world is getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> you live in Zambia. You're from the United States. Your wife is from New Zealand. You're truly global people. Mm. Um, but um, that said, um, you know, we're just, uh, we're living in, a, in an increasingly smaller world. Uh, but you guys, at the same time, uh, are over there, and mm. we're over here, and we don't get to make this connection mm. that we're able to make today. And I'm so grateful for that. So I, I, I hope that after our service, you take some time. Uh, Jonathan and Sonia will be right outside the worship center. And, and just get to know them a little bit. Uh, these are your people that we support, uh, and hopefully as you hear and see and understand the vision, uh, you'll support uh, alongside us in, in everything that you're doing. Um, so uh, just a couple of questions. Sure. Since you've 
come to the United States, uh, Sonia, uh, what's the biggest surprise for you? Um, ooh, I don't know. Is there anything that shocked you when you came here? How much sugar Americans put in their food? Okay. <laughs> Actually. According to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, Nothing I can think of. Okay. I'm sure there are weird things. I broke her in. You know, I, in Zambia, I let her know all the you know, crazy okay. things Americans yeah. do, right? So she's, she's sort of oriented towards our, our bad ways. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You guys mm. eat uh, Vegemite? Marmite. Marmite, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Marmite. Which doesn't have a lot of sugar in it, right? No. Yeah, yeah. Or we eat Jeff peanut butter, which has loads of molasses mm. in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there is a little bit of a contrast there. There is. Yeah. 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 You guys remain healthy. We not so much. Yeah. Uh, but, but it is uh, it is a pleasure to get to meet you for the first time because we've heard a lot about you for the last couple of years via emails and things like that from Jonathan. And uh, Jonathan, it's always cool to see how things uh, are just beginning to um, uh, show the contours of your adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this latest one is how God is equipping both of you uh, for the substance of the gospel on top of just being a vehicle for it through what you're doing. Yeah, well, so thank you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I should say, I forgot to mention, we have magnets back there, actually. So if you're interested in keeping up with us, um, you can take a magnet, put it on your fridge, and then also if you do want to get our emails, um, you can just put your name on the list and we'll send you an email every couple months or whatever and uh, keep you updated. So I forgot to mention that. Okay, so, so yeah. upgraded magnets? Upgraded magnets. They're much yeah. more beautiful now. Uh, it's not just me, yeah. so, yeah. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, well, uh, with that said, I want to pray for you guys right now. And then we're going to move on into our time of communion. So would you bow with me? Father, we are so thankful for uh, just a, a time of reunion and a time of, um, of making a new friendship with Sonia. And just for all the things that you're doing in each of our lives and ways that say that your hand is upon us. Father, we do have fears, we do have worries, we do have anxieties and loneliness, but yet in every one of those we find that what we need uh, is fulfilled in you. And what we need is found in our relationship with each other. And so we're grateful for that blessing, for the way that you call us to a, a new way of life and a new vision and a new hope. I just pray that your blessing would be upon Jonathan and Sonia as they take that vision and that hope and they use the pathways that have been created in Zambia to ensure that that message is delivered. That you continue to build them up in everything that you've laid in the foundation that's there and then the ability to just expand on their capacity to teach and equip and to show your love to uh, our brothers and sisters in Zambia. I just ask, Father, that in the remainder of their time here in the States and as they go to New Zealand, that everything that they need will be provided through the tremendous riches we have in Christ. That they would have your travel mercies to their destinations and beyond. That they would know uh, your abiding presence at every turn. Please just provide for them as they need. Use us, Father, as you challenge us to help support them and others who do uh, similar work in places that we probably have never been or never will go in our lifetime, but yet are people just like us. And so bless them, Father, and enable them as they trust you uh, with their lives together. 
And all God's people said together. Amen. Amen.